Well, hello, and welcome to The Insecurity Project. I'm your host, Jamin Fraser, and I am on a mission to end the unnecessary suffering caused by the fear of not being good enough. We've all got it. We've all got to work through it. But thankfully, there is a clear, intelligent, and complete solution to the insecurity problem, and that is what this project is all about. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Uh, G'day, folks. You're on the Insecurity Project with Jamin. Today, I have a very special guest. Now, Penny Window commented on one of my 10-Minute Tuesday posts the other day that she'd just been out for a run and listened to literally four or five of them on the go and that it had been something that had been super useful as part of her journey over the last 12 months. So just on a whim, I reached out to her and, and said, would you be interested in coming on the show and just sharing a bit of your experience? Because uh, I think you probably hear me say this all the time, but insecurity is such an important subject, but such a vulnerable subject. And we suffer for lack of conversations about this stuff. So any conversation where this, this comes to the surface and it becomes a normal and natural thing to work through insecurity, then, then the better it is. Um, you know, a big intention of the insecurity project is to end unnecessary suffering caused by unresolved insecurity. So, um, I'm always super excited watching someone deal with their stuff because not only is it good for them, it's good for the world. Uh, so, Penny, thanks so much for coming on the show. Welcome. Thank you. My absolute pleasure. I am so excited to um, have the opportunity to speak with you, like in person, not in person, but over the, the phone. And, um, yeah, share my story. It has been um, an incredible journey, that's for sure. Yeah, great. Next time you're running, you'll be listening to your own voice in your ears. So that'll be fun too. <laughs> I cannot wait, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably learn something again. <laughs> sure. So uh, give, us, give us the backstory. Tell us who you are, uh, where you've come from, and, and anything that you think is relevant for people to understand about the stuff you've had to work through in your life. Cool. Well, where do we start, Jamin? Um, well, I'm a twin, so I'm 38 years old. I'm in that great category that you always talk about, and I feel very special for being in that because it is an exciting um, season of change, I guess, as we enter nearly the 40s. Um, mm. But my backstory is um, I've always loved being um, like sport and basketball and netball. Um, I was a junior primary teacher before I had my three children. Um, and then from there, I chose to um, stay at home with them for about, nine years, um, just doing a little bit of relief, probably 10, 15 days between children, to be honest. Um, and in that time, I gained a, quite a bit of weight. So I never felt um, like I wasn't me, but I definitely um, had lost a lot of confidence. And also being a twin, you know, I've grown up constantly comparing myself to someone, which when we process that both of us together often, um, we talk about how in those early years, I probably found that a really positive experience, um, as I often uh, did well, and it sounds horrible, but a bit better than her sometimes. So it ends up being um, I'm the twin. <laughs> sounds horrible, but we laugh about it. Um, she's amazing, and I will get to her. She is so amazing. Um, and so growing up, um, yeah, I always kind of had that self confidence, I guess, because I had someone there that I was technically comparing myself to, who I loved, and who would kind of pushed me to achieve and stuff like that. But um, then, yeah, losing a bit of that confidence in that later stage as you become a mum and you stay at home and you're probably a little less isolated. We, she did also stay at home with her three children, so I have definitely copied her 
along the way. And she did listen to Jamin Fraser before I did and takes full <laughs> credit. But unfortunately, I didn't listen to her. It took me um, a little while. She, she had her, uh, the year before I started listening to the Insecurity Project, um, she had her own weight loss transformation, which was incredible and incredibly hard to watch as well because I just wanted to be in that space and I wasn't at that stage in my life. Um, and so she went through the whole process listening to you. I didn't listen. Another friend suggested it. Um, and it was actually only May last year, 11 weeks out from the Melbourne Marathon, that I ended up turning on this insecurity project that another friend had heard, had told me about. And Ruth now tells me that she had suggested it many times, but I don't remember that. Um, and it was because um, at that point last year, so January Last year, I um, decided that this was going to be my year. My youngest was at kindy um, and Montessori, so four days. She was at school. My other son, who's got some learning needs, was at school in reception. And my eldest was in year three last year. So I had time. So I, was, I committed last year that this was the year that I was going to find myself again. And um, I did that. I started doing that, but it's a slow process, you know. And I did a gym challenge. I only lost two kilos. Um, and I guess I had this expectation, hey, you know, my twin did this and she lost oh, something incredible like uh, in the 12-week challenge at the beginning of that year before, I think it was like 15 kilos in 12 weeks. It was amazing. Like she, she rocked it. And, um, and so I was quite disappointed and low. And so um, I'm, going, I'm going right back and then talking too much probably already. But anyway. Um, no, this is all super, super interesting and super relevant. Thank, thank well, you that was really cool. Going. Yeah. Okay, good. Thanks. Um, because yeah, I started to try and make these changes and it was hard to, um, you know, keep motivated as I guess. And, you know, you've got all those things that go on in your head when you're questioning, um, maybe, maybe I can't, you know, maybe, maybe it was too much. I don't know all of those things. And then, um, I did, it was mother's day and my, my trainer said to me, um, why don't you do the 10 K mother's day classic? I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll try. I'd only ever run 7Ks and they were very slow because I was obviously still, I was 98 kilos at the beginning of the year and I think I would have still been, let's be honest, 95 or 93 or something huge, you know, but I I, um, I did it. And then after that, I was like, I want to do a half marathon. My twin had done a marathon um, in the Melbourne Marathon year before in October and then she was doing the Gold Coast Marathon again last year, which I think is in May. So it was she was really leading into this second marathon and I... I was like, maybe I can do it anyway. And then all these people kept saying, no, you can't just go and run 21Ks. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I could actually. But anyway, um, and then one day, Greenbelt Marathon, you know, you wake up, everyone's posting about the fact they did it. And I hadn't done it. I'd, I'd listened to these voices. And so I put my running gear on and I went for this jog um, just from my home. I thought, I'm going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> and I put it in my ear and I thought, and I started listening to it. And, um, and I was like, why don't you just try? Why don't you just try? So that day I ran 21 kilometres just because I, to prove that I can do it to myself, not to anyone else, which was yeah. so much about the podcast that I was listening to last week on my run that we've spoken about because it was all about this, you know, you do, it motivates you when someone says you can't, but in the same way it's kind of a hollow thing because in the same way you did it for them and not you and processing all that. But I got hooked so much on your thing because the reason I kept running is because I didn't want the podcast to end. So I just kept listening. It's on, it just, and then eventually I worked out how technology works and you can just autoplay and they played through and every podcast I would just, that'd be like, um, oh my gosh, I can relate to that. Okay. I can work with this. And so um, 
from then, literally 11 weeks, my trainer said, why don't we, why don't we go for Melbourne? Why don't you just try it? Like, let's show them that you can do it. You just did it. Why not try? It doesn't matter what speed you do it at. You know, you don't have to be your sister. And so he put me on this running program. You know, I'm getting up in the mornings and running with this amazing group of people. And I'm listening to these, just feeding my soul for the first time in, I guess, 10 years of everything being about everyone else and being a mum and losing all that, suddenly just really finding myself. Again, it was just incredible, honestly. And um, I did run that marathon. I lost 25 kilos, you know, from really May until, you know, like it just, it all just motivated me. And then anything's possible if you believe in yourself. So that's incredible. Yeah, it's been <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. So, um, you know, weight loss is such an interesting subject and mm. one I particularly enjoy talking through with people because it's such a vulnerable subject. Um, mm. uh, you've, you've heard enough of my stuff, no doubt, to hear me yeah. say that when I get the, the privilege of being invited into someone's world to coach them, my very first job is to convince them that I don't care. Yes. And just that judgment-free space mm. um, yeah. means that you can have any conversation. So, you know, the weight loss conversation that I get to have with people all the time is actually around the idea that your body craves health, that health is the default and that extra weight is always some form of hideout. So, mm. so the actual change journey is never about fighting against your body or you know, discipline, diet, exercise, and, and forcing something. It's this, it's this explore, exploration of what that resistance is, um, you know, what you are afraid of, in what way mm. being overweight is protecting you from showing up uh, mm-hmm. and being found out. And you, you do that, do that deeper work, and then it becomes about giving yourself permission to go where the life is and do what's good for you. And then it turns out you don't actually need that weight anymore, um, mm. and it becomes a journey that is is full of self permission and and flow and going where the life is. And um, that does that uh, was that a key part for you in in kind of this transition from fighting your body fighting to prove others wrong to really Mm -hmm. kind of rebuilding this relationship with yourself and and giving yourself permission to Mm. to flourish yeah 100 percent. i think you know often people just look at the exterior of someone and um so many people just kept saying oh you must feel amazing you know and i was like well i know that i physically you know, it's been this huge transformation, but I am internally processing so much stuff. And I think a lot of sadness, to be honest, about um, life and, you know, how you get where you're going and what you want from your life and where you necessarily are and where you want to be, you know. So I just kept saying to them, like, you've got to look at this. It's not a physical thing. Like, you know, being physically um, looking better doesn't make your life better. You've still got problems. I've still got problems that I'm working through. You know, this is just, I'm obviously healthier, but I am continually dealing with problems. Like, you know, and what do you say? It's, you're, never, you're never not without a problem. You just want to make sure that they're good problems. You know, they're not the same problem or, you know, yeah. so I think it was um, kind of really, you know, um, a huge learning curve because I guess we all put these things in these buckets. Oh, when I have this, I will feel this. When I have this, my marriage will be like this. When I have this money, it will solve this problem. Well, it doesn't. You know, the problems that we have are in our head, like, um, and they're stopping us from doing stuff. I'll never forget the, the, where I was exactly on a run near the um, entertainment centre in Adelaide. And, and you said, you cannot stop the birds from flying around your head, but you can stop them nesting in your hair. 
And I was like thinking, you know, I'm running. I'm like, well, I hope no one nests in my hair. You know, this is like, but I was like, that's so true. We're constantly dealing with thoughts and everything that's going on in our head. But what we've got to stop doing is letting them develop. And I definitely have, I create pictures and stories in my mind like we all do. Well, I, I actually believe we all do, but whether people are honest about it, I'm not sure. But I'm a very open book and probably, um, you know, I always just share what, exactly what's on my heart. And, um, you know, and I just think, there's yeah I, I think this is a the body is a byproduct of me becoming healthier and knowing what I need to do to to be the better version of myself in this life and where I want to take that next yeah. but I've got to be confident to actually do it which is the next stage so um I always joke that last year was my body the year before was my face because I started looking after my skincare and that's my business last year I had the time to look after my body and this year was the year for my mind again like you know I've I want to make sure that I'm a whole healthy person person sorry that is um you know doing the best and and making my um impact in the world that i was created to do i guess um, yeah beautiful to see where it goes. This year is not going where i thought it would go so no, <laughs> sure. to pick up on something you said there around you know people look at you losing weight and then imagine that everything's perfect and life's wonderful um, yeah. but that's you know that's not it at all there's always problems and we get to earn higher quality problems you know, yeah. I mean, it's. I've found myself even even with this pandemic thing at the moment going, oh, when we get through this, then everything will be fine again. Um, but it's yeah. like, hang on a minute, um, nothing was fine before this. There were all kinds of interesting <laughs> problems and challenges that I was facing. You know, I was not like yeah. I was in this total stress free. Everything's working fine, and then all of a sudden, yeah. everything went bad. It's like, no, no, there are, there is always challenges. Life is suffering. Oh, yeah. um, so yeah. I think you raise. You raise such a, an important point that um, it ties in with Nathaniel Brandon's work on the psychology of self-esteem. Uh, mm. have, have you heard me bang on about that at all? Uh, keep talking. I'm, I'm terrible with the details of names. So often I, you start talking about, oh, yeah, I remember that story. I create a picture in my head of the story, but not necessarily the details yeah, sure. who said it. Well, so tell me so, about what he says. <laughs> so so he's, he says, like, life happens and you've got two basic choices. You can face up to life or you can run away. And, oh, yes. you know, and it's not, that, it doesn't, it's not that simple in terms of, you know, you're actually physically facing up or running away. There's, there's very subtle ways that we run away through blame, excuse, avoidance, mm. intense, game playing, lying. Um, you know, so there's lots of ways we actually avoid life. Um, but the interesting mm -hmm. thing is every time we avoid life, we don't get away scot-free. We take shame, guilt, and anxiety with us and in the process mm -hmm. teach ourselves that we actually don't have what it takes to deal with life, that we're weaker than we think and we need to keep running. Yeah. So this whole process of running ultimately undermines our self-esteem and leaves us feeling terrible about ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. and whereas when we face up responsibility, ownership, standing, dealing with stuff, you know, you're doing whatever you need to, to actually get through, you work out that you don't die, you know, even though you've never done it before and it's super hard and you don't do it perfectly and it's messy, you actually come out the other side and, and you find a way through. And it's an incredible experience because you, in that process, you take confidence, strength and peace. You sleep well at night and you teach yourself that you're stronger than you think and that you've got mm. what it takes. And if you did that thing that you never thought you could do, wonder what else is possible. So you begin mm. this process of strengthening yourself and teaching yourself 
that you've got all that you need inside you already, you are more than enough to deal with all the challenges. And so when the next challenge comes, it'll be hard too, but you'll find a way through that. And so ultimately that's the way that we build self-esteem. So, you know, it seems to me what you're describing, the process of change in what you've been telling us is, is a decision to face up is to go, here's something hard. I'm not never done it before, but instead of, you know, running away or instead of hiding or instead of doing something to prove something to someone else, I'm just going to stand and face it and explore what's possible for me. And and get through that and then well that's possible and get through that well then that's possible and then you you're in this space where yeah like you said last year was skin this year was body next year is mind and you're like well sure mind will be hard um like body was hard like skin was hard but i've got what it takes to deal with that so it's going to be all right yep certainly is. it's gonna be better than all right <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely. yeah um yeah cool so for people that are uh, maybe just beginning this process and you know maybe they feel like their their situation is too diff too difficult or too hard or they're somehow uh, outside the scope of change uh mm. you know what what would you say to people that are either resisting the process or don't you know haven't um jumped into the process or not sure it's going to work yeah what, what would you say to those kind of people I was just um, thinking this when you were talking and then I lost my train of thought and then you asked this question. I'm like, that's it. Um, it's that whole permission to, that you are worth it was a huge thing. So um, I remember actually on the first run, I can remember again as that came up, came up visual, visual person here, and you said to someone, um, you know, what, what's your purpose in life? Oh, to help someone. Well, why? You know, and how's that working for you if you're not helping yourself first? And I was like, oh, jeepers. My whole life is I love helping people. I love being connected to people. I love being friends with people. I love lifting people up. I love sharing resources that people have that are working and making sure they're being heard or, you know, all of these things. And in the role that I was playing in my life that I was telling myself was okay, I was not looking after myself at all, clearly. You know, when you look at your body and how unhealthy it can be. I was killing myself, do you know what I mean? Like, as in, you know, I wasn't a version of myself. So I think, um, and I just read after the marathon, which another is, you know, one of those God moments was in the um, airport in Melbourne. And it was the subtle art of not giving a, which you always talk about. And there it was sitting, you know, in the the, um, news agent there. And I'm like, right, I've done my marathon. I can't believe it. I'm in this high, I need to read this book. And oh my goodness, that book is so good. It was like, stop making excuses. Stop. Um, thinking you're special. Stop, you know, um, justifying things away. I remember saying, oh, but that person can get up in the morning because their husband's more supportive. That person's kids sleep. That person doesn't have kids with special needs. You know, all these things that were nothing to do with you. Like you, the fact is you made a, you made a decision to sleep in. You made a decision of what went, um, and I was not big on diet. And still probably, I think as you make healthier um, choices about your own life, you things do begin to fall into place. So I didn't, massively diet you know i just i love exercise i love being with people so i found people who are positive and i hung out with them you know and we we made it a social thing because that's what i am so you've got to find what you love doing and then incorporate that into um you know making it not overeating on whatever that you know you people will find out what is the reason that you can find in your life that is putting the weight on you if we're talking about weight particularly or um or not but it was giving myself the permission to go no you've got to get up and 
Um, sometimes when you think through a journey, the people that you think are going to cheer you the loudest are not the ones that cheer you the loudest. And they're probably the ones sometimes that come against you. And you've got to be strong enough to say, uh, no, I'm worth it, you know? And that was really hard to deal with in the process, which I thought, hey, it's going to be hard because, hey, I have to, you know, run or I have to exercise. But actually the things that really come against you are often not the work itself. It's those other things around you socially or whatever that you are or in your mind that is socially, you know, those insecurities. Oh, hang on, you know, um, what happens if I fail? What happens if I don't look like myself? You know, like for me, what happens if I'm not as good as her? What happens, you know, everyone's comparing me and, you know, and Ruthie is amazing. She lifts me up and, you know, when I joined the gym, she said to everyone, you know, if you think I'm good, wait till you meet Penny. She's super competitive because I am. Like Mm. I grew up winning. Like, of course I am. Um, You know, and so all these expectations that you hear, which works for me because it drives me, but at the same time, same time, sorry, terrifies me because you don't always win. And I think it, definitely um, in life, and I have my faith background, don't make it to church, but definitely have a faith background that, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason. You're not going to get all the wins. You're not going to get all the losses. You, it is a balance. Life is like even this pandemic, you know, there are definitely positives that are coming out of it. It's terrifying and um, for lots of people, but, you know, I've shut down and looking after my family at home and um, doing what I can possibly do to make an impact, you know, by staying in. But there are so many positives that are coming out of it that maybe in the next season I won't get to hold on to because as we were talking before we started this conversation, uh, Tate, you know, there are things, there were, life was tough before and it's going to be tough after. We're going to have problems to deal with. But there are definitely, if you're looking at life with a what can I see that is good in this, you will find the positives that will keep you motivated. But you just got to keep that positive attitude, I think. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it does make yeah. sense. And I think you've, you've really hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, the permission to do it for yourself mm-hmm. and the permission to explore your own doubts and fears and, and realise that you're the one who's decided that you're not enough. You're the one who's been mm-hmm. comparing yourself and setting these standards and rules about what's going to fill your cup. Uh, so you're actually yeah. the one who can change that. Um, one, one last question, just, you know, you mentioned that you're in the 35 to 40 window. Uh, it's a, it's a it's bit, content- funny, sorry. <laughs> penny window. Sorry, just funny. Cause I'm penny window. I'm in the window. Oh, of there you go. Penny time, window yeah. in the Thanks. window. Um, you know, I, I talk to people all the time who are not in that window and some people get offended by my window talk. Um, yeah, but there's something around change that requires readiness like you can't force someone like there's lots of people who are telling you it's time to listen to this podcast Mm. it's time to change it's time to this and for whatever reason you weren't ready um Mm -hmm. so what do you think what do you think flicked the switch internally that made you ready for this process well, I, I think it comes back to having the coach, like, which even though you didn't know you were involved for those, um, that stage of my life, you know, I had, I was accountable to the podcast journey. So, you know, you've got to find someone who is not invested, like you say, not invested, someone who's going to keep you accountable. And I think, you know, it's hard, um, it's hard to find, like, you know, when you find that, that's, that made me, um, like I have a PT trainer at the gym, I guess. So he's my coach there. And once you invest in something with someone else, then you can um, 
keep moving, if that makes sense. So I think sometimes we, we under, uh, undervalue the importance of your team support, you know, because we think oh, I've got this or I've got this or this. But when you have someone who's not invested, and sometimes I think, um, and if my PT listens to this, why doesn't he care more? Or do you know what I mean? Why doesn't he, well, you know, like a friend, he's not a friend. He's my, he's my trainer and he, he trains us and he um, sets our program and without all the fluff, do you know what I mean? Like it's not about that. Yeah, yeah. So I think finding someone that keeps you accountable that doesn't, you know, doesn't care about the outcome. Well, it doesn't affect them. The outcome doesn't affect them because it affects you um, and you need someone to keep you accountable. Um, and often people say, why don't you go into fitness now? Why don't you, you know, get paid? You'd be amazing. You love encouraging. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to be to someone, you know, that I just, that's not my role in my life, I don't think. You know, like I, I love helping and encouraging and coaching, you know, that kind of side of things, not just fitness. You know, it's a whole, you're a whole person. You've got this is just one part. And yes, I love fitness. I've always played basketball. I've always played it. I've always been involved in it, but I don't, um, yeah, that's not for me. I don't think at this point. Yeah, anyway. yeah. I, don't yeah. you, I don't know whether you heard the Daniel Tolson interview. Yeah. That's um, the one that was like the light bulb for me. And that's what we spoke after. Uh, that's that was right. huge. Yeah. And that was says, so good. Um, you know, I think I might've asked him the question, uh, what books would you recommend for people in this journey? Mm. And he said, well, look, you can read all kinds of books. I've read a thousand books. He says, my yeah. recommendation is get a coach. Get a coach. Yeah. That'll fast track the process. Someone mm -hmm. who has got a clear process and can work this through with you. So, um, yeah. yeah 100%. And it's worth As soon as I started paying for my, obviously, PT, as soon as I started paying for that in January, I was accountable. So I was on that journey and the journey doesn't go fast, you know, and that's what I think is important that people know. In January, I started and it was in May, I ran my first 10Ks, do you know what I mean? And in October, I ran 42Ks. Your life and the way that it goes is not, um, you know, equally dispersed during time. You know, you will fast track certain stages of your life because it will just be, yeah, you know, it will just work for you. But other parts are going to be slow and boring and you've just not got, you've just got to not give up because no. there is a process in that that you are learning. Yeah, sure. Now, I'm curious about your use of the word accountable because, like, I I think accountability is overrated like I think self-discipline is overrated. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm curious because I don't know that I did hold you accountable. Like, I had no idea you were listening no, to my I podcast. I, okay, I had no idea. I, sorry? <laughs> I said maybe that was my pet. No, but because we were – you had your – um. Like every week when I turned, like, you know, every, well, I ran any time I did my long runs on Sunday because I, I was so much slower than all the girls that I ran with. So I always ran alone. Like we turn up together and then they go off and I, and I journeyed with them. My, you know, so I always had my podcast. You were always in my head. So being a twin, I needed someone in this with me. So the process of change, which is what your whole program is about, was with me in my transition. So oh. I knew where I needed to go. I didn't know what I was going to get when I turned on the podcast and literally if you know me, like, um, like my twin sister said to me the night before the marathon, your ability to achieve things with little um, research and, you know what I mean? Because things just, I, I put my mind to something and I just get it done. Like in, well, that's the point. That's, that's kind of what I'm saying because um, this is the readiness piece because when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Yes. Uh, I actually, I, I don't think I was holding you accountable at all. I think what happened was you were holding yourself accountable. You you had decided that you were ready for change. You had decided that I was going to be useful to you and you were you were not going to let me off the hook. You were holding me accountable more than I was holding you accountable. You're like, you kept doing your job. <laughs> Damon, you're going to get me through this. Yeah. So make sure you yeah. keep... 
give me the content each week because I'm going to need that to follow a process so yeah. I can get what I want. Yeah. I think if you were to deconstruct it, that's that's actually far more what likely to be what happened rather than yeah. me. Because if it was me holding you accountable, then I'm. it's almost like I need you to do something. I need you to yeah. follow the process and I'm going to kick your butt if you don't. So you're only doing it because I'm telling you that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that gets lasting change because when I stop doing it, then you go back to doing what you were doing, but you actually tapped into something deeper, more lasting, which was an internal sense of desire and permission and motivation to go. I've found something that's useful and I'm going to make sure that it works. So um, I think that's what I, I, before, when we talked about having this conversation, I went um, into my journal and which I never journal, but I started um, and wrote down, you know, beginning and then I wrote down those like the key things that I learned along the way and what kind of like um you know were those like strongholds that I had to get over and I think and even this week particularly I keep thinking is that permission that I actually did it you know I'm yeah. so good at giving yeah. other people credit when yeah. it's actually me and the next step for me being a leader in my business um and in my own life is permission to say actually once again you did this. So you holding me accountable right now, I'm like, freaking hit, that's it. That like, that's exactly the moment when I could start saying, actually, you know what? Like it's not, it's not being, um, you know, I think sometimes with society and the way you grow up and um, like being a twin. So when, when we're growing up and playing basketball and if I have a good game, dad would say, and I, and I've talked to Ruth about this, you know, I'll pen, um, you know, you did well, but we can't talk about it. Like, you know, we don't want to put it in her face or whatever. And she was not bad by any means, but I grew up hearing you can't, talk about or no one's going to you can't be celebrated in what you did so and then in the end I guess for a while there I thought what's the point like you know anything I do when I feel good I kind of want that validation and I'm not getting it because that's rubbing it in someone's face and that's not okay so you don't want to be that person but actually in being an adult which a huge part of your um so many podcasts was like are you an adult have you gone through the stage of becoming an adult like holy crap I really hope I have but I don't think I have I think there's you know I there's definitely things I still need to work with to be the adult that I want to be at this stage of my life with my three children, with my husband, you know, with my work, everything. And <clears throat> taking that ownership over, you know, I, um, like I just, well, I earned a trip to Mexico with my business, which then got delayed because uh, not delayed, cancelled, but that's fine. But I still, I, I did it and I keep saying, oh, and then I want to um, inspire me campaign through the gym and I got to take my sister on this, fitness retreat in February and it was insane. It was like the best week of our life. And I keep now I just won it. And I'm like, no, you didn't just win it actually, Penny. You filled out it was only 25 words or less. But you know what I mean? You actually did it. You put yourself out there. Ruth kept saying, don't bother, you'll never win. And in all Australia, there was one person who won and it was me. Like for yeah, a reason, yeah. because I keep putting myself out there. So it is, it's about um you're right. You're keeping yourself accountable. Once well, again. That's yeah. that's practice six in in the seven. It's you know, you're you're the hero, the the wisdom character, yeah. the guide, the coach can only take you so far. No one's coming to save you. If someone else yeah. could fix this for you, then then they would have already fixed it for you. Yeah. Uh, you created this mess. You're the only one who can change it. So, I think that's the beauty of this because um, yeah. you 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 kind of then surprise yourself and realize, oh my goodness, I I do have all that I need inside me. I am I am stronger than I think. If that was possible, mm-hmm. what else is possible? Um, mm-hmm. because I say this all the time too, that I, I think insecure, the insecurity problem is almost like um, an apprenticeship or your HSC or finishing TAFE. Like it's actually not the real game. It qualifies mm. you for the real game. 
Mm. So it's, it's until you get that qualification, you're hindered into kind of what you can do in your future. And mm-hmm. so you're doing the groundwork, qualifying yourself for life to be able to show up and then really go do your thing. If mm. you never solve insecurity, you'll always doubt that you're capable and play it mm. small and hide. And um, so, yeah, so I think you've shown yourself you can solve this problem. So then you get better problems, bigger problems, more exciting problems, problems mm. that other people benefit from you solving as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you've got to work with what you really want. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, that's been. It's been such a wonderful conversation. I'm sure lots of people will be encouraged by your enthusiasm and, and the energy that, that's flowing from you. Uh, it's, it is super exciting to see someone find themselves. And uh, it's even if no one else uh, enjoys this conversation, I've benefited so much. Um, you know, there are, there are lots of times people uh, explore doing coaching with me and then they tell themselves, oh, it's too expensive or it's too hard or they can't. And it's almost like, that's the only option. If they don't get coaching physically from me, then they can't change. But you've just demonstrated very clearly that on your own, uh, you've taken the frameworks and you've made them work Like without me even knowing, without me having any direct involvement. That is super yeah. exciting. That is, that is such a joy to me to go, these frameworks work, these, these ideas are useful and you've got all that you need to go and apply them as long as you give yourself permission to, to make a change. So um, yeah, thank you again so much for sharing your story and being willing to come on the show. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone will find this really useful. Thank you. My absolute pleasure. And there's lots of um, runners and inspired runners. And I can't believe you were a marathon runner. I think I only found that out probably like four or five weeks out from the marathon. Oh, and, um, like, no way. <laughs> so I just think it all works together. No, it's really good. So thank you so much. Love to speak to you. I'm, I'm really pleased that you're not just the voice in my head anymore. <laughs> While running. We'll leave it there. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. I hope you found the content and conversations useful. And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out theinsecurityproject.com.